Never ever. Tab, can you let up at least and just leave me alone? Let me potty train my own way? Well, am I doing anything to, to prevent you from doing nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Hi, I'm Hippa Shunbo and you're listening to Mommy's Happy Hour, a podcast about all things motherhood related. We just celebrated Mother's Day earlier this week in Egypt. And so, in celebration of that, I brought in a very, very special guest. I'm joined by the person who was a strong disciplinarian with me and my sisters growing up, yet she keeps on getting in the way of me disciplining my own kids, and that is my mother. Here's what I learned. Apparently, she secretly agrees with me on a few things. It just took her coming on the podcast to actually admit that. And of course, there are a few things that we disagree on. But this was my chance to talk to her about all of it. From why she criticizes my decision not to potty train to my sister's decision not to have kids. Okay, let's get to it. I want to ask you, I'm going to start off with one question. What are the biggest differences you notice between when you were a new mother and us in this generation as a new mother? Well, for one thing, I, I probably disappoint you a little bit because I don't have great recollections of uh, my experiences except for the fact that I did a lot of things that mothers nowadays are doing because I was one of these people who worked while I had children and I uh, ran my house and I did everything, which is, I think, what most young people are doing now. Yeah, and it's not it's no longer you're a housewife and you're a mother only you're trying to be a businesswoman you're trying to be a, a worker you're trying to be everything. and i have to say that you set the bar way too high for some of us in this family carry on okay um so i i kind of identify with the young generation because i basically did the same thing during my time uh, i i remember going to college I'm getting my master's while I while I had my first child, and she was a year old, and I had to put her in nursery. Of course, it was in the states. Maybe things it's a bit different. Yeah, I think in the Middle East, I noticed the young girls need to invite and have parties and things like that. So they need to be good at hosting people. Whereas in the States, it's more casual. You go for your work, you go for your house and, you know, take care of your house and your, uh, you know, you're, it's more restricted socially, I think. And therefore you have less obligations. Yeah. I think it was more basic though at the time. It was less. Mm -hmm. Now it's like you were one of the exceptions that you did everything. You, you worked and you were, you were a wife and you cooked and I, I remember you always being of course an amazing host and amazing we had the most amazing birthday parties so we were one of those lucky ones and uh, but now so you're kind of like you said it's true it is similar to what we are now but now it's like all this added pressure socially to perform on all levels yeah. it can be mentally exhausting and and I think for us in our generation we always want to do these things we want to be really good with our kids, but we want to, um, we want to socialize as well, like maybe a little bit too often and we want to work and we have, a lot of us don't have like one business. We've got multiple businesses now. It just because it seems very overwhelming, but I have to admit, even though you worked, I felt like it was less overwhelming as we were growing up than, than you, when, when you were 
raising us. What, do you agree? Yes, definitely. I think now, for some reason, everybody feels this need to succeed and to succeed young and to succeed right away and to to achieve everything and have everything and buy everything and there is it's much more. I remember my generation there wasn't that much uh, aspirations that people had or people there wasn't that temptation. much overreach or temptations. I think it's a whole combination of things that people now all of a sudden feel the young people yani they're in such a rush to achieve everything. But I'll tell you one thing. You don't realize that also, like I'm 44 now, when you were my age, you we were already grown and you had already you had already achieved most of the things that you wanted on probably on your list of to-do accomplishments. Maybe, but I don't think we set these high goals. Yani, I feel maybe it depends on the society you're mixing with, but the, the, there are a lot of people now who are mixing maybe with people who have really achieved extreme financial success. And everybody wants to have that. Nobody is satisfied to be different, to, to be, have less success, but be happy. It's, it's not always about money, but I think there is, there is very much this awareness that if so-and-so has a, has a Mercedes at the age of 30, well, I have to have a Mercedes too. And if so-and-so has a yacht. And- uh, no, I think, I think, by the way, I think it's also this generational gap. I think us, it's not about that. It's just, it's not necessarily about that. It's about, you're more exposed now. And people do have higher aspirations. You have higher aspirations that you work harder than I remember you working sometimes 20 years ago. So in that sense, I don't think it's necessarily about that. I think it's I think the generation is different. You you are you want us to achieve more than maybe your parents wanted you to achieve. Yes, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, people are more and more uh, getting into the material things and wanting to achieve things, and it's all it's all. I feel this is the thing that saddens me a bit because I feel it's always like it's the money thing. This is what identifies you, you know. People think somebody is so great because, my God, he's so young and he made so many millions. And now he has a yacht and he bought a house in Paris. And so maybe this is normal, the new normal, okay. Uh, During my time, that was not very normal, you know. You were happy to have a nice home and have uh, your kids go to good schools. But you didn't necessarily want to have a house in Athens and a house in Paris and a house in Sahel, and a house in Guna. There wasn't that uh, extravagance in needs, you know? So now the focus on uh, parents, uh, maybe you're I guess you are right. The, the, the focus sometimes is maybe away from the core unit as, and more like on like accomplishments and getting things and, and you know, things. So I guess my other question to you was like, what do you? What are the differences that you view as positive, and the other ones that you view as negative? I would think that you view a lot of the changes as negative, don't you think? No, I don't think it's uh, all of it is negative. I'm impressed with the way uh, the young people have become entrepreneurs, and you can tell that uh, they have more imagination, they have more aspiration. You cannot, yeah, you cannot say this is something that's negative. There's something positive about them. They're ambitious. They're far more ambitious. They're, they're go-getters. It's nice. It's nice to have that. But I think there is a moment where you have to think more about humanity, about nature, about uh, enjoying life. Sometimes I myself feel I don't really do it to the fullest or 
as much as I should do it. But when I see the young people and they're running around as if it's, yeah, I mean, the end of the world, they have to do this and get this and go travel and, yeah, I mean, maybe the, it, it would have been better to relax and take it easy a bit and enjoy life more, the basic things in life, because all these material things don't necessarily make you a happier person. Maybe they give you, of course, yeah, I know, you know, when you shop and you do things, that does make you happy. But it's not the only thing that brings happiness. Remember the quote, if you say that money doesn't buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. I definitely agree with that. No, but you know, I'm, I'm, me and my sisters, are, we're not into like material things. We like them sometimes, but you know, we're not really into it too much. Life but is more expensive. Life is more expensive more too, expensive. like you said. It's, it's, of course, definitely. It's become far more expensive and... And you are, for, I mean, I look at the prices of uh, good schools now, it's, it's outrageous. But life has become more expensive, and that this imposes a certain burden on the young people. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll say that for me, maybe I feel a lot of the pressure sometimes, and I'm sure my husband has and does too, because we had the best education. For us to be able to, to give them what, what we had, it actually is quite difficult because right. it feels like we have to do 10 times more to be able to get there. And I think it's exhausting, but we're like kind of sometimes on the breaking point. So it, it does feel like we're like running on empty and we're not really enjoying life. When I was just telling Hazen uh, just the other day, I was saying, it feels like I'm in the, we're in the prime of our life, but yet we're not really enjoying it. We're not really able to like sit back and enjoy it feels like a rat race now. It really feels like, and I'm, I sometimes I really, really start to feel it. I feel like I'm like, sometimes I'm about to mm. collapse, like, like mentally even, not physically. Physically I can do, but the mental is like, just like, it's just like a million things I have to do and I'm trying to do everything. Yeah. And it's like, all of us are trying to do everything. And now the commute is long and uh, has him works like from nine o'clock till he comes back at eight o'clock in the evening. So it just feels like so much is going on. And then you want to like work out. And meanwhile, you want to try to eat healthy and you want to be there for your kids and you want to, oh my, it's like just when I think about it, it exhausts me. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so I think it's pretty clear what the positive and the negative are. Life was more yeah. simple then, I think. Definitely, it was more simple. And I remember, I mean, um, I remember I was always self-conscious about, for instance, exercising, but not as much as nowadays. About eating right, I was, but Bardo not as much as nowadays. But there's a lot of things, yeah, there is too much awareness. Maybe maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, people are very aware of what you, they should eat and they should exercise. And, but all this puts a burden on you. It puts you in a situation where you feel you have to do this and that and this and that. You are constantly have to keep up. Okay, I wanted to talk about something else that me and you seem to agree about all the time. Uh, not. Uh, we have main issues between, between the two of us about how I mother my children, let's say. One of them I noticed from when they were born was the whole eating and their meals because we know that Nina sits and grazes all day long and it drives me bonkers. I'm always worried. To be honest, I'm always worried about her having weight problems because I know that's such an issue because maybe we grew up with that in, in our teenage years and like, you know, my sister had that issue. Nira had that issue with her weight. 
you can I think it's a real big um, it's a real big challenge when it comes to kids, especially in their teenage. I think it can really either screw them up. I mean, I you don't want to be known as a fat child and get picked on or like. So I'm very very conscious about both my kids like having like very structured eating uh, plan and meals that are healthy. 80% healthy most of the time just because I don't want to have to go them to go through that issue that I had to go through or just seeing other people around me that had to go through that issue of you know like boyfriend issues and you and friends and and maybe not being as included socially as much because of that so and I know that you're always like every time I turn around you remember from when they were young when I turn around you have like trying to stuff chocolate down their face down their throat <laughs> Thankfully, they don't like it. What's your take on that? Come on, you always you drive me crazy when it comes to that. And you, I, you know, I always tell you this, and you get you're so annoyed with me. You show love with food, and me, yeah. I know, and I know you do it that way. But the thing is, what happened is, is that you love us so much that we're fat, and I don't want, I don't want my kids to have that problem. Yeah, you just put your. Um finger on it it's true for me it's like a part of me when i want to show love i want to feed people i want to fix something good for them so when uh, nina my uh, my little granddaughter goes to the, into the kitchen and she wants to open the fridge and she wants this there's no way in hell i'm going to tell her no so i let her have it but you have to understand i feel also it can be that harmful because she she comes once a week or twice a week to my place but so it's, I feel like maybe it's not as, as destructive and the, she doesn't really end up in my view, she doesn't really end up eating that much. So I think I'm guilty though. You are guilty. <laughs> okay. With the food thing, but it also comes to the whole thing of like, you show her too much that you're on her side. So I'm not able sometimes to discipline her and be her actual mother. Like, like today. The perfect example, she's been crying all day and she's driving us bonkers. She drove us mad today, Hazem and I. And I'm trying to discipline her because I feel like there's so many people involved in her life in like in mothering her because I'm like, it's like I'm not her only mother. You are because you're in her life all the time. Every day you see her, you come over every day. You see, you see her every other day at, at yeah. most. And Nira, my sister, is always there for her. So it's like she's got three mothers. And the thing is, it's like she doesn't listen to me. Because when she cries just all day long, I know that I feel like I need to put my foot down. And you look at me like I'm like, I feel like I'm in a scene from, what was that movie with Joan? What was Mommy it? Dearest. Joan Crawford, Mommy Dearest. When I was like with the hanger and I'm like <laughs> banging and I'm about to whip her. I feel like I'm beating her up and you're looking at me with this... Like this feeling, like this look of complete anxiety, like I'm torturing this poor child. And it's, and it makes it difficult for me to be her mother and to discipline her. Please, I, I want a good argument for this one. Yeah, you're right. There's no argument for it, but it is so painful for me to listen to her cry that I, I, I cannot take it. Not easily. I can't take it easily. Funnily, that comes from somebody who cracked the whip very easily with us, yeah, and you were so you're so you were so strict with us, and so like yes, you know yes. like. But but now I'm a grandmother, so my function is to love and spoil my grandchildren, not to discipline them. I don't mind <laughs> you spoiling them and loving them and cuddling them, but I mind it when you look at me like I'm abusing my child. 
It kind of it annoys me. It annoys the shit out of me. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I know you're not abusing her, but Blacks, I think you're, you and Hazem are quite lenient with them and you're not that disciplinary or anything. And I realize, I recognize that they need it sometimes. But uh, for some reason, it's hard for me to take. Okay, at least you agreed with me on something. So maybe I should have you on the podcast more often. Maybe you'll agree with my, uh, with my views. And then the second thing that we, that, that, we've, that we bicker about all the time, which I've become thick-skinned about and I'm actually taking as a quote-unquote social experiment, is the potty training. <laughs> the potty training, I've, how many times did I try? I just, yeah, I, I, I just don't want, I'm, I'm leaving them. I'm going to be European in this and I'm going to just let them poop whenever they're ready to be like, mommy, I want to poop in the toilet. No, it's it, it's what it's if it really tough. Happen? What if that day doesn't happen and they continue to poop like that in a nappy? Until what? Until graduation? Possibly, if they go at that rate. <laughs> no, they will not. They will go. Okay, maybe they'll be by four. I would have loved them to be potty trained uh, like a year ago, but I it's too much work. I or no, it's too much stress. But we always argue about it, and it's like a day. It's like every week at brunch. It's my wind down day, and I keep on getting the talk about mommy's disgusting. <laughs> Mommy doesn't want you to poop in the toilet. Disgusting. <laughs> Actually, this is something that horrifies me because I find at the age of three to be still wearing a diaper is shameful. And I feel. Why? Well, please elaborate on that. I'll tell you. I think you're just too lazy to make the effort. But you just said we're doing so much. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm taking your advice. I'm trying to relax and ease into life. Well, I'd rather you relax on, in other areas <laughs> and made an effort on this area because very frankly, I think it's just, you're just lazy. You just, because if you put your mind to it, you should potty train them. No, I'm not being lazy. The kids, they don't want to do it. And I'm not going to force them to do it. Please, I want the comment. I see the eye roll. Well, the comment is we will never see eye to eye to this. I'm old school. I started training, potty training at the, uh, one of my kids, your younger sister, at the age of six months. And she was completely trained at night and ever all the time by the age of one. Yeah. Uh, mind you, this is, comes from somebody who doesn't remember what happened five years that. ago. Yeah, I of course, remember that one. Of course you remember that one. And, and I wish Shireen was here, my sister was here, because she thinks that is complete bullshit. There's no way Nira, my sister, at the age she of nine went. months, would go to the bathroom on her own. No, she, I never said she went, walked to the bathroom on her own. But I put her on the potty and she always went. Whether it's number one or number two, she did not wear diapers. Oh, I want to ask you. Oh, so you mean after the age of a year, she was wearing just regular panties, underpants? Yes. Yes, she was. Well, she's a miraculous child. She's a miraculous child. Clearly, because I've never heard of that. I, oh, yeah, no, but there was a competition between you and somebody else. And then you said that Nero is potty trained by the age of a year. And then... Um, a friend of yours of your generation, she said, well, my son was probably trained in six months. It became like, like a battle. I'd, I'd, I don't see how that's possible to potty. A child is potty trained and poops and pees in the toilet by the age of uh, a year. Well, 
Are you accusing me of being a liar on for the podcast? <laughs> I think I may be. Or no, no, not a liar, but you're maybe your recollections. Oh, recollections vary. You remember that quote? That quote was just recently. Some recollections may vary here. No, there were illusions about No, excuse me. Definitely not. Okay, but for some reason, Dad doesn't remember that. But you remember clearly that. No comments. I roll. No comments. Okay, well, okay, so that we agree to disagree to potty training, we will never see eye to eye. But Never. Never, ever. Tab, can you let up at least and just leave me alone and let me potty train my own way? Well, am I doing anything to, to prevent you from doing nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But okay, but can you just ease up on the criticism judgment? Let me be lazy and, in my own way and, and be, you be proud of me. Ooh, ooh I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, oh, another thing. I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the decision after me having... Hasman and I having twins and being saddled with all this like work and you know things that we can't get to like the potty training you know it's tough we're, we're really worked hard to the bone anyways Nira's decision to since she's not married though this her decision is never to have kids because you know how she's been cured after I had kids that she doesn't want to have kids of her own so what do you think about her decision good decision <laughs> yes, that's what I think. And it's less expensive too. No, because she always had the tendency to think, uh, you know, this um, this philosophical way of thinking that uh, why bring another child to this world? It's already overpopulated. The, uh, the ecology environment. and all the environment, all that stuff. So I can understand her point of view. And now when she sees how much work is put into having kids, she realizes. Definitely, she doesn't want to have any more kids. And I see her point. She's she's reached an age where she's on her own for so long, and she does what she wants. She leaves and she comes. Uh, yeah, I can understand her not wanting to have that responsibility. Do you, do you think she might regret it, or do you think there's nothing wrong nowadays with not having kids? I think uh, there's nothing wrong. At one point, I told her, oh, maybe you will uh, later on feel like you're missing something. But the more you talk to Nira, the more you realize, no, she won't. I, I don't think she will. You know, if I felt like with you, I wanted you very much to have kids. And I actually prayed quite a bit for you. Uh, with Nira, I don't. Because I felt you really needed to have kids. You felt you weren't gonna, your life wasn't going to be complete if you didn't try motherhood. Yeah. Nira, I don't feel she has that. She never spoke about that aspect. She never acted like this is something she's dying to have. So I don't think, I sincerely don't think she, she's going to miss. No. And I have to admit, Nira has a very, um, she's got such a big heart that she yeah. actually, the way she is with my kids and, and that Shireen's kids, you genuinely feel like she's like their second mother. You know, actually, she once told me that. She told me, on top of not wanting to have that full-time responsibility, I also feel it's almost like I have four kids. She says, I, yeah, true. I feel so strongly towards them that I don't feel the need to have uh, my own, which is great. And I'm sure she will continue to feel that way because she does have that stronger feeling towards them. 
Yeah, I genuinely, I feel it. I feel it. And they, and they love her back so much. Yeah. Uh-uh. You see how she, they are with her. They really, yeah, yeah. because she is, she's like, yeah. like they're, she's not like a normal aunt. I have to admit, I'm not like that with my niece and nephew, with Shireen's kids. I don't have that. And that's why I knew, I always wanted my own kids. And like you said, I knew that I would, I would feel, I would have felt lost and I would have felt like a big, big void in my life without them. Mm-hmm. But Nira, Nira has is is has this amazing compassion and like and like uh, love and uh, yeah. and affection for people. Yeah. She's she's very generous. She's actually she's exceptionally generous like that. And with her feelings, with her even money, with everything. She's she's a generous person. So I think it suits her fine that kind of situation, you know. So uh, no, I don't think she would regret it. And I don't and I think for a lot of couples it doesn't always mean you have to have kids. A lot of couples are happy without kids. It's just you have to work. I think a lot of people might use kids as a distraction. If you have problems in a marriage, you feel, okay, we have kids, we'll stick it out, we'll make more of an effort. It, it, uh, it, uh, it maintains a connection between you and your spouse. But sometimes, if the couple are really a good match, they don't need that kind of support or that kind of... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, they 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 are they can be happy on their own with, with their lives, especially as you get older. Kamen, it's not that easy to be a parent at an older age. I think I used to think uh, it's much nicer to wait, but I think actually it's more tiring. I would have to say I would have to agree with on that point. I personally think now having children older. Of course, I didn't have a choice, so that's when mm. I got pregnant. But if I would advise anybody, I would say definitely, I would think the cutoff was 35. 35 is ideal. 35 to have, but I think anytime like your first 35, anywhere between 35 and 40 is good. But ideally 35 is better because it, not exhausting, but it's just kind of like, even though I was super happy, it kind of disrupted my life in the sense that I just didn't realize the magnitude of it. I didn't realize the magnitude of it, even though, I don't know, I think I was a little unrealistic, I guess. Yeah, I think so. You forget, because I, because I, yani, with my first grandchildren, I didn't see them that much, because they don't live in Egypt, so I didn't, yani, there was nothing tiring about them, you know, I mean, and their mother was very hands-on, so it was, but with you, with twins, and you needed more help and stuff, I realized as you get older, it's hard, it's not easy. I'm much older, and if it's much harder for me, but yani, just the same. I think it's easier uh, when you're younger. Somehow you're you're starting your life, and there is turmoil anyway, and you're starting everything is new, and so you kind of like adjust easier, easier. But if I tell people I'm married at 20, nobody's gonna have kids at 21 and 22 now. They would think you're uh, you're crazy. So no, but there are a lot of people having kids that young. But I don't agree with the twenties. Yeah. I think twenties are not a good idea. Year. Not, I think the decade, the thirties are good, better than forties. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. And okay, since this is Mother's Day, try to find it in your heart to say something positive. No, I have a lot. My last question is: Is there anything you, in your opinion, that you think that I actually do well as a mother? Oh yeah, I think you're a very good mother. I think you're uh, 
you have that new philosophy of I think like uh, like maybe in potty training and everything that you let the child takes uh, development takes its own course and you don't force it in any way. So I think you're very easygoing. You relax with your kids. Uh, sometimes I feel you should uh, invest more time with them. From my perspective, I feel sometimes you're trying to do too many things, and. Uh, maybe a little bit not enough with them. That's the impression I get sometimes, but I could be could be erroneous. Could be my impression because I see you you're always going out having meetings and do which is normal since you have so many obligations. But sometimes I feel you can cut down a bit on your obligations and give a little bit more time for each other. That's the only advice I would give. Um I've actually realized that recently. I feel like it's uh -huh. like I feel like I'm doing too many things and it's like I feel like I'm not spending enough quality time with them. But yeah, that's so what we agree. Yeah, we this is we agree. Yes, we agree. On <laughs> Mother's Day. Yippee. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> we actually agree, I think, on most uh, things. Maybe we of course. But outwardly it would seem that we disagree a lot. Because I feel like we disagree often. We disagree often about things like with the kids, maybe. Okay, well, that's it. Well, that's it for tonight, people. I just wanted to have my mother on, my most important guest on this podcast ever. And I was very happy that she took the time because I think she was going to flake out and not commit. Finally, I got her after trying to fix this, the audio situation. We had to, we're sharing a mic, so it's a little bit challenging. But I definitely didn't want to miss this opportunity and have her on the podcast for my, the most special day of the year for us, Mother's Day. So mom, really thank you so much for being on. And uh, I guess you've heard some good reviews and that's why you agreed to be on. Um, no, I agreed to be on because you're my daughter and I would love to support you in anything you do. And um, of course I enjoyed it. It was um, fun. easy and fun. Okay, bye.